I do not prey on straight men. I do not prey on straight guys. I do not prey on straight men. However, I have been with a number of quote unquote straight guys. You know, I think it's degrading to say that I'm flipping straight guys or I'm turning these straight men into bitches or whatever. What are all the derogatory things that people say about, you know, guys like me who happen to enjoy interactions with people who tend to be straight? Because if we're really being honest about it, what is a straight guy actually? Like, I I always say this, straight men are like Bigfoot. Many claim to see them. Very few people can produce the receipts. So with that being said, I'm just a guy who likes the attention. I worked for several years in the fitness industry. Um, I worked in a gym. I worked a lot of jobs in the gym from everything from housekeeping, front desk, sales, so many things I've done. And I had the opportunity to meet a lot of people and I saw a lot of things. I saw a lot of couples as well, too. I saw a lot of families. You know, I saw people meet. I saw them date. I saw them hook up. I saw them go out. I saw them fall in love. I saw them cheat. And I saw them break up. I don't think I ever was, it was never my intention to like turn anybody or, you know, I never manipulate or anything like that. Like I always say, consent is king. And I was never like out there trying to do anything nefarious. I was just having fun. I was young. I was (laughs) a dumb kid from a small town in a really big city who left my city for reasons that we'll get into eventually. But I was alone. I didn't have anybody. And if I'm being honest, I was alone long before. Long before I moved to the city. And in my loneliness, I began to look for connections. However, in my seeking a connection, I found that there was a whole lot of people, men in particular in this case, but women too. A whole lot of people who were, how should I say this, looking for their own connections. And I started to learn, I started to learn the signs of when when these men, in particular, women too, but men in particular, were giving me attention that suggested that they were looking for something more than just a conversation. And, you know, in many ways, I think about what I do, what I did, what I do as a service. It's kind of like therapy, you know? It all started with this guy. (laughs) Well, I say it all started. It didn't all start, but where I'm going to start with this, it starts with this guy named Miguel. (laughs) Miguel was, Miguel is just incredible. I remember when I met him thinking about how physically intimidating he was, um, particularly because he hated me. <laughs> um, and the reason why he hated me, so I was, I, at, by this time, I had been in the gym for about over a year now, and I was working at the front desk. And I remember I got moved to the night shift. And in the night shift, it was a pain in the ass because I was big on following the rules. 
when you get to the night shift in particular, when there's no supervisors around and there's no managers around, not even salespeople really around when you're at the closing shift, you get to a place where you get to make the rules for yourself. And the people that always work that position did not follow the rules. The biggest one, oh my God, I almost roll my eyes when I say this, is towel service. Now, towel service is a thing at our gym where you pay a little extra money a month and you get access to the towels that we have. Um, And it was a mess because nobody enforced towel service. Not even in the daytime, people weren't enforcing towel service. I say nobody, some people were. Um, the ones who were doing the job right were, and I was one of the people doing the job right. So when I came into the night shift and I was like, Hey, have you had a towel service on your membership yet? People would look at me like I was crazy because nobody had ever talked to them about it before. So then I was left in the kind of awkward position of explaining what it was and that they didn't have it, even though they've been getting the service for free for God knows how long. And that's kind of where the story of me and Miguel started. I was working at the desk. He came in. I remember thinking like, oh my God, he's a big guy. Um, You know, he had the most deliciously caramel colored skin, smooth, smooth as honey, dark molasses eyes. Everything on him was just sweet. He was a very large, muscular guy. Like he really lifted and his body was just adorned with tattoos. Tattoos everywhere, full sleeves, tattoos on his chest. Everything on his body was just big. (sighs) Everything on his body was big. And I remember asking him, oh, have you added towel service on on your membership? Because he checked in, he checks in and he goes, let me get a towel. And I was like, and his voice was so like rough and like masculine. And I was like, well, and I considered for a moment asking, do you have towel service on your membership? Clearly looking at his membership and saying he didn't have it. Um, and I didn't ask it that way. What I did was when he checked in, I picked up and asked for the towel, or told me, he said, let me get a towel. I picked up the towel. And as I was handing it to him, I, you know, politely inquired, oh, have you had a towel service on your membership yet? And he gave me a look like I was trying to scam him. He gave me a, fu- he gave me like a, what the fuck is this look? And I began to explain it to him. And then he called me like a rude name in Spanish, snatched the towel and walked away. And I was like, Whatever. I was used to it. And as time went by, you know, I maybe asked him one more time. On the third time when I asked him, he went the fuck off on me. And I was like, oh boy, he, we might fight. We didn't fight. Instead, he went to my manager's office. My manager's name is James. <laughs> James worked, um, usually in the day, he usually didn't do the night shift. I mean, he usually wasn't there that late, um, but he had been doing like these nightly audits and James was our district manager at the time. Um, And he chose to base himself out of our club. Anyway, Miguel storms into James's office and he's like going on, you're effing employee. Um, Blah, blah, blah. He's discriminating against me. He like, he's the only person who ever asked me about this weird towel service thing. And then James, I remember politely and calmly explained like, my employee's doing everything the right way. And when Miguel came back out of the office, he had just kind of like a more mild, humble look to him. And he walks up to the desk and he says, you know, I owe you, I owe you an apology. I have been, you know, going through it at work and having a rough time. And I didn't mean to take my anger out on you. 
And I was like, dude, forget about it. Like, the company pays me per insult. Call me a bitch again. You know, I'm saving for a house. And he smiled. For the first time, I saw him smile. And it transformed him. Like, he went from, like, this really scary guy to this person who I had to know. And over time, we became friends. It started really, you know, really basically. He would come in, he would talk to me, hi and bye. And then it was like, oh, how was your day? Hi and bye. And then it was, you know, well, tell me a little bit more about your life. Tell me this, tell me that. Till eventually we were having full-on conversations. And Miguel was the type of man who didn't talk to much of anybody. Um, he had two boys. One was about my age. And the other one was younger, just turned 18. And the older one, who's my age, was named Junior. Um, the younger one was named Anthony. <laughs> um, and he had a, an ex-wife named Jessica. And Miguel just, you know, he worked in an auto body shop. Or not a body shop. He worked, he worked, he worked for a major dealership. And he ran, like, the repair department. And I remember we would just talk mainly about his work. We didn't get too into things, but we talked mainly about his work. We talked about a lot of the women he was like banging. He would always brag about his women. He'd always say, oh yeah, one hit and they're addicted to my cock and all this kind of stuff. And I would just, you know, fight back a couple butterflies and just listen and laugh. And eventually I remember, but I, before I get ahead of myself, I remember more than anything how lonely he seemed. Like, even with all of the people that he provided for, even with all the people that he did a lot of things for, and all the people that he was in contact with every single day, he just seemed lonely. Like, he never really... I would ask him questions that were a little bit deeper than the normal stuff. How do you feel about blah, blah, blah? And he would just kind of, like, have to process everything that I said to him. To the point where... Sometimes he would just shut down altogether and just be like, I got to go work out. I remember one time we were talking about his job too. Well, that's not important to get into. Anyway, one day he asked me, like, am I seeing anybody? You know, are you seeing any girls? And I was like, mm, kind of contemplating. At this point, I hadn't just, it wasn't easy for me to say like, I'm gay. I had just kind of come to the realization that like, because I was, you know, messing with women too. Um, and eventually I was like, you know, yeah, I'm bisexual technically, but guys are my thing. Like guys are really like where it's at for me. <laughs> and I remember an answering his question and just saying like, no, I'm not seeing anybody. And he's like, why? You're a good looking guy. You get tons of girls. And I, eventually I was just like, um, because I'm not into girls. And he stopped and he was just kind of like looking at me and I was like, I like guys, Miguel. And he like drew back. He was like, you what? And I was like, I like guys. And he's like, oh, you know what you need to do? You need to take a pill so that you can get it up and start banging some of these women because only a girl's going to take care of you. And I stopped. I was like, bro, since when were you the poster child for healthy heterosexual relationships with all the women you've ran through? And he started to laugh and I laughed. But then it got super awkward. and. He was just like, I got to go work out. <laughs> and then he takes off. He goes and works out. But this time, 
This time, when he went to walk away, he did something he's never done before. He looked back. I watched him walk away, which I always did because, God. Um, I watched him walk away, but then as he was about, you know, a good 20, 30 feet away from me, he stopped and he looked back. More and more time went by. And, you know, as, like I said, we had become like gym friends. And one of the coolest things that I loved about having Miguel around me was our gym was in kind of a rougher neighborhood. And he would kind of stick around, like, as the as the nights were closing. Like, he would walk me to my car, make sure I got in okay. And it was really cool. He would stay late with me. We would stay, sometimes just, he would stay there and we would just talk. It was really awesome. And... I really liked that about him. He made me feel kind of safe when he was around. It was really cool. I could relax a little bit more. I wasn't constantly looking over my shoulder. It was really nice. One night, I remember, he came in. We had a normal conversation. And then I didn't see him leave. And it was time to close up the gym. And I was like, oh, Miguel must have, you know, he must have left already. Okay, whatever. And I went and I started locking up the doors. I did my walkthrough. And as I, I, the locker room was close to the front desk. And so I would take the long way around the gym. And then I would check the locker room last before getting back to the desk, turning off the lights and setting the alarm. Which I really didn't like to do by myself. (laughs) Oh, anyway, that's beside the point. That's not important. But I went into the locker room and I could hear shower running the shower water running in the shower. And I was like, now it wasn't uncommon for people to come into the shower and, you know, leave, like use the shower, leave and leave the water running. I mean, it's happened like many, many a times, probably like once a week, somebody's left the water running and just like taken off. I don't know who does that, but people do. Um, the gym will teach you a lot about human behavior. Um, a lot of the good, a lot of the bad, but anyway, I get into the locker room. I hear the shower running. And it doesn't sound like it's hitting anything. So I'm just like, somebody must have left the shower water on. Regardless, I'm like, hey, we're closed. And my voice is reverbing off the walls. There's no way that you're in the shower. Unless you have your headphones in and you're like blaring music. There's no way that you didn't hear me. Um, and I walk over to the showers and I'm like, we're closed. I give a, a knock on the shower door. Nothing. Silence. And I open the shower. Oh, my God. I open the shower. And it it all happens in slow motion. I see this gorgeous figure all muscled up with creamy suds melting off his body. And I see his his defined V-shaped back all muscular. His very nicely round ass his powerful legs all the way down and i'm just frozen and then he slowly turns around and i see miguel and his dick is rock hard not only is it rock hard it's big it's big it's a decent solid eight but not only just eight, eight and like thick. And I was just like, ah, and I was like, oh my God. And he sees me and he's like, oh shoot. And he covers himself up and I back out and I'm just like, ah, sorry. 
and I take off and I like head back to the front desk and I'm just sitting there. And now I have a conundrum because I can't leave <laughs> and I can't leave him in the gym. There's n- I I'm, we have to have an interaction now. And I'm just like, Oh my God, when is he going to get out? And all these things are running through my mind, but also in the back of my mind, it's like, Miguel never showers. He's showering today. And also, why didn't he answer me when I called him? This is very interesting. And eventually, after what seems like too long, I hear, Hey, yo, bring me a towel. Always so demanding. And I was like, oh my God. Now I'm really going to have to see him. And I grab a towel and I bring it into him. And I started to joke, hey, you got towel service on your membership? And I got a side of his body and he's standing out of the shower just dripping wet still rock hard and I freeze and I'm just taking in the sights of his body not even just his dick anymore that's not what grabbed my attention also too big ass balls low hangers <sighs> anyway I'm looking at him And more than anything, what's catching my attention now is like the fire, the flicker that's in his eyes. He's calling me. And I can see the way that he like reaches down and tugs on his, on his dick. Like he's, he's calling me. And I just walk over to him. And I stand close to him and I'm just like, I don't really know what to do. And before I can, like, chicken out, before I can back out or do something dumb and awkward and stupid, he, like, leans in and he kisses me. It was quick. But, God, there was an eternity in that moment. I remember not really even realizing how full his lips were because I was always so focused on other parts of his body when I would see him. And he kissed me with a tenderness that I didn't know somebody like him could possess. He kissed me like he liked me. He kissed me like he wanted me. He had this habit when he would kiss me of taking me, taking my face in his big vascular hands and holding me still, and just pouring himself into me. It was so intense. And then we just started making out. And we went at it for probably a good five minutes. And in those five minutes, my hands were all over him. I wanted to feel his muscles. I had, you know, I had been fantasizing about him for so long, I was getting to act out everything I wanted. And, like, his dick was pressed up against me, throbbing. And when he went down to my neck, I lost it. And I was just like, I'm yours. Whatever you want to do to me, I'm open to it. And he started to undress me. And he started to kiss me all over my body. And I remember he got my pants down. And I was rock hard at this point. And I know I haven't said this yet, but... So Miguel is big. I happen to be bigger than him. 
I think he's got girth over me, but I'm longer than he is. And he was just like, oh, fuck. And I remember him like watching my dick sway back and forth, kind of like he was just following it with his gaze. And he just sat there for a while. And then I remember he put it right on the tip of his tongue or tip of his tongue, like right on his lips. And he just kind of held it there, like just paused, just frozen. And he was looking up at me. And I, he was, I remember him holding it there for so long. I think he was like weighing whether or not he was actually going to do what he signed up for. And then I felt his tongue. And then he got into it. And I will say this. The man is a true lover. Like, he knows. I feel like guys or girls, it doesn't matter. He knows how to use his body. He knows what his strengths are. And he knows how to please others. I could see why now women were so addicted to him. And he goes on me. He goes on me. And I, I gave him head as well, too. And I remember a gasp he made when I was able to take, like, all of him into my mouth. And I loved hearing him express himself. Because Miguel always had such an issue with expression. Anyway, we trade head. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> and then he stood me up. And he kissed me and he whispered in my ear, let me fuck you. And I let him. I know it wasn't smart. I didn't have a condom. He didn't have a condom. And I let him, I let him do whatever he wanted to me. We went back into the showers and it was a challenge. At first, at first, but I was surprised because usually I talk, but I'm, I was surprised at how quickly like I adjusted to his size. It was pretty insane. And he pounded me out for a solid 20 minutes, just railing me. And it was intense and it was tough. And it was the first time I ever bought him for somebody where I actually enjoyed it. I remember feeling like a circuit was connected. Like we were just electric and everything made sense with him inside me. And he pounded me out. And I remember eventually his thrust became more and more erratic. And I knew what was about to happen. I noticed his balls were tensing up tighter to his body. They seemed to hang like impossibly low. I mean, probably because of the hot shower, but I remember looking down and noticing like how his balls were like getting tighter. And I knew he was about to bust. And he, when he came inside me, like, it was so powerful. And he, like, let out a scream. Like, uh, he, yelled, he yelled, like, loud. And he gripped me close and tight into his body as he just, like, grunted over and over and over again. He was saying, yes, baby, yes. And, you know, all of that stuff, all of, like, the... Anyway. And I could feel him, like, pulsing inside me. And I ramped up trying to get myself off. It wasn't hard. 
I mean, it wasn't difficult, I should say, because I was hard. Um, and I noticed, like, he didn't help me get off. But when I came, like, you know that post-nut clarity? He didn't reject me. I remember taking note of the way that I, after I was done, how he held me, how he washed my back, how he continued to kiss me. And we didn't make eye contact after that so much. But he still explored my body with his hands. We got dressed and we left. That was the first time. But it was not the last. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, would you consider leaving a five-star rating? It goes a long way in expanding the family. Again, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, you can check my link tree out below um, to find out all the other um, stuff that is going on here. Deepest gratitude. Let's get on to the next one.